But if you're disabled, we are thrown into all these other different hodgepodge uh, pots. But on the other hand, anybody can join our cult at any given time. You could be handicapped for a car accident. You could have a stroke. Uh, you could get cancer and lose a limb. You could be in the war and, and God forbid something bad happens. So we're the only uh, uh, organization where you can join our family at any time. Welcome to the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, the place where we help entrepreneurs to not hate their boss. Our mission is to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. My name is Robert Peterson, former passer turned CEO and the smiling coach. I believe that success without happiness is failing, but there is hope. Join us each week as we bring you an inspiring leader or message to help you. Thanks for investing time with us today. Our guest today is a history maker, making an impact for the largest minority group with the smallest voice, people with disabilities. And he's really proving that they're only different abilities and should not be a consideration of whether somebody's refused access or held back. Dave Stevens is the only legless player in sports history to have played NCAA football for Osborne University and minor league baseball for St. Paul Saints. The seven-time any-winning sports journalist is now a motivational speaker and television host as he nears 40 years in broadcasting, 20 of that with ESPN. The father of three teen boys is a professional in residence at Quinnipiac University and oversees the new Ability Media Initiative at the college to teach media and production to disabled students and create job opportunities and careers. He also hosts a syndicated national podcast and is a highly sought after motivational speaker. Dave also puts on sports camps for disabled children across the country. Dave Stevens and Robert talk about the incredible impact he is making for people with disabilities. It is the only minority group you can join at any time. And yet they still have the smallest representation in politics and corporate support. He proves it is possible to achieve greatness in spite of limitations. Dave wants to see more doors open to people with disabilities because he knows the greatness that is possible. If you're an entrepreneur who started their business with a purpose and a passion that has been lost in the busyness of the daily grind, we get it. That is why we've opened up our free strategy calls. A lot of entrepreneurs, probably including you, just want a sense of clarity on the barriers holding them back that you need to overcome in order to accelerate your growth and achieve your dreams. These short 30-minute calls give you a chance to work with one of our coaches without any commitment or pressure. Scheduling is easy. Just go to smilingcall.com. Let's jump on a call and get you the help and clarity you need. Select a time and let's build your business. It's time for you to add value. Well, Dave, I appreciate you coming on the show today and, and look forward to just having a great conversation. Absolutely. I hope I can add some value to your life. <laughs> I have I have no doubt. <laughs> so typically I let our guests share their, their entrepreneurial journey, but for obviously your your journey is is a little different than that, but I, I definitely know that you have obviously inspirational and and have faced more challenges than most, most people face. In, in incredible ways. So would you share a bit of your story and uh, we'll just use that as a jumping off point? Yeah. I mean, uh, the funny part is, you know, my brand is me um, and that is my business and my entrepreneurialness and everything like that, because, uh, you know, being born without legs and playing sports like I did in high school and college, and then, you know, working in television and broadcasting for 40 years, there's not a lot of people uh, given my situation that have accomplished those kind of things. And I'm very proud that I was able to turn my disability into my ability and really, you know, showcase that, you know, given opportunities, anybody can do anything in life if you just uh, put your mind to it. And, you know, I've had so many people, coaches and teachers and friends that along the way were very supportive. Again, you don't see a guy without legs uh, accomplishing the things that I've been able to do. And, it, it, you know, it, it's not narcissistic. It's just I'm overwhelmed with the amazing things that I've been a part of and continue to be a part of. And, and that's just, uh, you know, 
that goes back to my parents who adopted me and raised me and gave me that normal life that, you know, you wouldn't think a, a child who uh, was born without legs would have any opportunity in life to, you know, do the things that able-bodied uh, you leggies out there do. So uh, for me to play, you know, wrestling in high school and, and baseball and football and then becoming the only college football without uh, player without legs ever, trying out for the Dallas Cowboys, playing minor league baseball in Minnesota, being teammates with Daryl Strawberry, pinch hitting for Daryl Strawberry. So my whole entire life has been about me not having legs, but I've turned my gift into being able to tell the world that, hey, we can do anything we want if we just put our mind to it. Amen. So let's so let's talk a little bit about, about your parents and, and what they did different than than most kids that have a disability. Well, I think, you know, there's, in my youth, I don't think there were a lot of books, uh, how to be a parent for dummies with kids without legs. So, you know, my parents were kind of just making it up as they go. But the thing that they instilled in me is they were never going to hold me back. I think there's a lot of parents that have kids with special needs that they're just afraid to let them go out and fail. And my parents said, no, you're going to fail a lot. Life is about wins and losses. It's not like where we are nowadays where we give kids a participation trophy just for showing up. It's like we need to show people that, hey, there are good times and there are bad times. And you win and you lose. And those losses help make you a better person. So my parents just let me live a normal life. I, I don't even think I realized I was different until, you know, 10, you know, 12 years old, um, just because I had this chip on my shoulder that I was just like everybody else and going out and doing these kind of things. And it was just, you know, that fortitude, I guess, that they instilled in me that to this day, um, I've tried to make my kids go by that, that we treat everybody with respect, we treat them equal. And again, we don't dwell on the negativity of a person's outward appearance or what they look like or what they have. We, we judge them based on who they are and how they treat you. Mm. That's, that's so powerful. Obviously, the many parents try to protect their kids in, in lots of different ways, like even the dreams of, you know, playing professional sports and, and tell them, oh, maybe, maybe you shouldn't dream that big. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't reach, reach that high. And, uh, and, a, and it's heartbreaking to me as a coach, knowing, you know, our potential, knowing the, the possibilities that each of us has within us to, to do great things. And, and and why not aspire for you know for that level of greatness um and so it had to be even you know more inspiring that your parents allowed you to to dream big and to believe big and and you know believe that anything is possible and that's true and and you know i don't know if it was because they were so much older when they adopted me my dad was a world war ii veteran and my mom was a housewife and they were you know in their 40s when they adopted me so um i don't know if it was different philosophy and lifestyles but then but they they really just you know uh, i had to learn to crawl before i could learn to crawl and you know i'm down on the ground so i don't have a lot to fall when i fail but um you know i always get right back up and dust myself off and figure out okay how do i attack this if i can't do it this way let's go outside the box and think how can i apply that you know and i wore artificial legs for uh, much of my youth and uh, adulthood i didn't play sports on crutches and, and artificial legs but i always felt like i had to be as tall to be accepted in your world and so that was a, a real switch for me um, but 13 years ago when I'd had so much wear and tear in my arms that the doctor said, hey, you need to start living your life in a wheelchair um, so you don't break down so much. So I, I moved to a wheelchair about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And, uh, you know, it's it's a whole different world when, when you know, you suddenly become handicapped when you don't think you're handicapped and you realize the restrictions in this world um, of, of wheelchairs and accessibility, especially in the East Coast where I moved to. Um, and, and yesterday at the, at the Eagles game, uh, I couldn't get in the normal seating uh, in the press box. And so I am in this television world where I see a lot of these stadiums that don't have accessibility for people with disabilities because there are no people with disabilities in the media. We are the smallest voice with the biggest minority in the world. 
And so when you see able-bodied actors and directors and producers and people, you know, taking jobs away from us that we could do, or people with disabilities not getting those opportunities, uh, you know, so like yesterday in the press box, I couldn't sit where all the other guys were, uh, you know, but I could jump out of my chair and climb up and get there, which then freaks them out because they're like, wow, we should do this. And suddenly, you know, but I also don't want to piss people off because if they say, hey, it's better off to not have Dave at these games and deal with that situation, you know, that's that's kind of the fine line when you become an advocate or you just want to fit in as a, a, a journalist. So I pick and choose my battles. Like I could go on a rant and, and say, hey, you know, the Yankees won't credential a disabled reporter. They've, they've rejected us five times. You know, why? I don't know. Everybody else gets it. Uh, do they not want to deal with me? So there's all these things that I don't ever really throw out there, but I've just, I, I try to live, you know, I live in your world and you don't live in mine. So those challenges on a day-to-day basis with anybody who, you know, has crutches, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, all those things that we kind of lumped into this one big thing, you know, we're all called handicapped. We're all called disabled, but if you're blind, you're blind. You know, that, I'm not blind, but that's a disability. If you're black, you're black. If you're Asian, you're Asian. If you're Jewish, you're Jewish. But if you're disabled, we are thrown into all these other different hodgepodge uh, pots. But on the other hand, anybody can join our cult at any given time. You could be handicapped for a car accident. You could have a stroke. Uh, you could get cancer and lose a limb. You could be in the war and, and God forbid, something bad happens. So we're the only... Uh, uh, organization where you can join our family at any time. Um, but, you know, we still need rights. We still need voices. We still need the advocacy to get people like me, those kind of jobs. And, you know, I'm this old legless Walter Cronkite uh, kind of dude that, uh, you know, won seven Emmys at ESPN. And, and I've been so blessed to continue to do the things that I do. But, you know, now I'm a part of Ability Media at Quinnipiac University, which is where I get to teach and help kids uh, tell those stories and give those opportunities. So, you know, my world is pulled into so many different directions with charity and speaking and all the good things that, you know, uh, it's weird to be your own brand. I think it's great that, you know, a different perspective is the borrowed belief that your parents were able to give you their belief and how now you are able to pass that on and encourage the next generation as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think I have a little, little different philosophy because I don't feel sorry for anybody. I mean, you know, I didn't get handed things. I didn't get seven Emmys because it was, oh, we feel sorry for you. Uh, so I, I have a little more hard look like because I know how tough it is for people with disabilities to achieve and to succeed because we have to work extra hard. We have to figure out things if you have dyslexia or ADHD or anything like that, again, that they lump into our world, we have to think outside the box and, and, and work much harder. And then when we do get those successes, you know, we don't want people to go, oh, we feel sorry for him or what a nice little story or whatever like that. Like I've built my reputation based on me. And I, I think everybody with a disability deserves opportunities to, you know, open up the minds of others. Like why can't people with disabilities work in the police force? You don't have to, you know, chase down a, a, a perp. You could sit in a dispatch and be a 911 operator with a, a disability, or you could be a detective that goes out on the scene. Like they always say, you got to pay your dues, but you know, in the military, why couldn't somebody with a disability with cerebral palsy or somebody like that create our systems of defense? We don't need to carry a backpack 20 miles filled with something when we have people that could contribute, man, woman, uh, whatever you call yourself. And so that's why I think we need really to, you know, it's all nice that we get, oh, National Handicap Employment Awareness Month for October, but where do you take it after that? You know, all these kind of things. We need those job opportunities. We need people to, you know, look at us and not <clears throat> look at us in a different way and value what we have. And that's why I think, you know, Noel, back to your point of my parents, it's like, they're like, you know what, this is a cruel world out there and, and, and people are going to, you know, look at you and judge you based on what they see. And so what I've always needed to do is open up their minds and go, this guy's a goofball. He's got a great personality. He's fun. He, you know, makes fun of himself, points out the elephant in the room. And, you know, I, I always say, if, if you're going to stare at me, I'm going to give you a show. 
and I'm going to give you the best show. So when you see somebody like me in the future, you're not going to judge them differently. You're going to look at them and go, well, that's a cool good person or that's somebody I really want to get to know or that person has a value that I want to bring into my business or my organization because um, there's so many of us out there that are not getting those chances. You see so many people homeless, holding up signs and all those kind of things. And, and I think more of us just need to get those opportunities and people need to take those chances and not be so scared that oh, I, I can't bring somebody in. It's, it's nothing we've ever dealt with before. Just like at ESPN, I was the first disabled person ever to work at ESPN and you got 5,000 employees and everybody's like, oh, this guy has no legs and he's working. And then they hired another guy, ironically named Dave, who was in a wheelchair. So suddenly people are always asking me, hey, do you know Dave? Why? Because he's in a wheelchair. You know, it's it's those things that people don't think about, um, that they're sometimes just ignorant to to certain situations. Um, but you know what? If if I can help people see me or see people um, who are looked at differently, and 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 they won't judge them based on those merits next time, then uh, then I'm doing my job. Yeah, <clears throat> there there's a lot in that. And so obviously, I think. There's two sides, right? Your parents had this this side where, you know what? The world's a cruel place. We're not going to, if we make the house special for you, the world's not going to make it special for you. And so you've got to be prepared. Um, that's really powerful. But then there is that other side of, you know, the world needs to create a space, right? Even if we can't put a ramp in every place, let at least create the opportunity because Dave doesn't need a ramp every place. He just needs a, a place to sit, right? He, he yeah. needs a taller chair maybe and he needs an opportunity. Or a place to go to the bathroom, you know, that oh, isn't hello. a urinal that's high up or, or something <laughs> like that, you know. Um, it's these things now. I think sometimes we're getting oversensitive in our society to the needs of everybody else and kind of forgetting about the disabled world. Like I said, we are the biggest minority in the earth with the smallest voice. So now you're taking away parking spots so we can – have things delivered to you in the in the in the parking lot at Walmart. They've taken those handicap spots and moved them somewhere else farther away. So people who have legs and are able to just pull up and get their stuff, they have an easier life. You know, and, and it's like that, you know, you're taking away bathrooms to build a transgender bathroom. You're taking away handicap bathrooms. I'm I'm witnessing it. I'm seeing it everywhere. You know, and, and it's like Let's let's remember everybody when we when we make these improvements and when we when we build stadiums, when we build press boxes, let's remember that, hey, wheelchairs, there might be somebody in a wheelchair or uh, one of these beat writers might have a stroke one day and need to you know be able to have access and things like that. So when they can see me struggling, walking on my hands up and down stairs because there's no wheelchair access to get to the field, you know, all these kind of things that I have to deal with in, in my broadcasting world that. I think they're so shocked uh, and it, but it's like, if I can't get out and do the things I can't, you know, that I need to do, then I'm not going to get to do them. But there's so many others out there that don't have that ability to have my son lift up my wheelchair out of the dugout onto the field. You know, uh, I'm lucky I can do these things, but I also want to worry about those that can't, you know, and that's why, uh, you know, it, it, I just try to lead by example. I'm not one of those rabble rousers that say, hey, man, come on, look at this. I can't get in. This is unfair. You know, like yesterday in the locker room, I'm trying to get interviews with the stars and there's helmets and shoulder pads and everything laying around and I can't get to them. And they're like, well, the quarterbacks, he's not going to talk to anybody one on one. He's just doing the podium. So I'll hang around and, and they'll see I'm waiting and then I'll get that exclusive one-on-one. -on -one. It's just, you know, those kind of things that it's the tricks of the trade that, that you learn and, and they respect you. And if you say, hey, dude, I can't get to that area. Do you mind if I sit with you a little bit? I'm only going to ask you a couple of fluff questions. I'm not going to ask you about your DUI or cheating on your wife or anything like that because you can get that stuff from ESPN. I, Robert, Noel, try to get that insight when I do my interviews. I try to go to the core of a person. I try to get what's their motivation. I try to pull out some things that are different. If you if you watch my interviews, they're not the normal. It's not like X's and O's and win-loss and stuff like that. It's like, it's like your podcast. You're trying to get tangible things that people can take away and utilize in their day-to-day -day lives that are a little different. And you know, I always have that. I always say I have that face people remember, you know, um, just because hey, if there's a dude without legs, they remember Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's um, the perspective of just working on the relationship. You know, if, they, if you know they if they know you care about them and you're looking at that perspective and not what everybody else is trying to get and that they'll care more. 
And to your point, I've, I've got a cell phone now filled with uh, personalities and stars and athletes and people I've forgotten about that I've met over the years. Like I was sitting here the other day going, I wonder if so-and-so's with the Phillies and I wonder if so-and-so's with the Phillies. And these coaches that I have met in my years traveling around putting on sports camps for disabled kids, um, there's the third base coach of the Phillies, Dusty Wathen, that I know. And I texted and said, hey, I'll see you. And then the hitting coach of the Phillies, Kevin Long, uh, who I grew up with in high school playing against. So there, you get these things where you, you know, it's so cool to be able to text JB Smoove or to call up, you know, certain athletes or stars and, and just say how you doing catch up i'll see you at the super bowl you know those kind of things and but but it's also the people like you robert and noel that, that that i get to meet too that are even more impressive and more important to me um, than somebody getting paid eight million dollars a year to hit a ball or kick a ball when you guys have skills that make much more of an impact so it's i treat everybody equally when i do my interviews and when i do my stories um just recently in Arizona, I had the opportunity to go back to my high school, which ironically enough, I was the only high school player in the history of Arizona to play high school football without legs. Fast forward some 40 years, they hired a coach with no arms and no legs. And they said, based on me being there, that was one of those big things where, you know, history kind of repeating itself. So, I mean, think about of all the high schools in the country that this guy could show up at. He's at my alma mater. And it was just great to go back with him and do an interview with him and get his perspective and and talk to him, you know, with no holes barred. You know, it's like, you, I don't is that, fluff is that things. Nick? No, it's uh, um, uh, Carter Crossland. Is, oh, okay. Uh, more, Carter Crossland, uh, he would be a great person to have on your show to talk. Uh, just, again, this, this guy born without no arms and no legs, and now he's a football coach, and he's got a great mind to create, you know, offensive and defensive plays. And, uh, you know, so you just you just want people to see the best out of people and learn from the best, and that's why I think this is such a great podcast that you guys have. You know, you you do – you get a dose of, uh, of hope when you see somebody without legs that can try for the Dallas Cowboys or be on TV or do that. And so if people can see that and take away that, then you guys are doing your job. Well, and – and it's no different for every human being on the planet, right? The difference is that people get caught up in seeing no legs instead of seeing Dave's got two arms and incredible mind and, and the rest of his body's working fine. And let's take advantage of the good things that he has instead of getting caught up on the one thing that he's missing. Right. And, and I think that's, that's what we have to start doing for ourselves is looking at, looking at the good things we've got going it's not getting caught up in the, the negative things that, that we're missing. And I think so many of us get, get caught up on the negatives that we're missing. And it's too easy to see, obviously, in, in your world, in, for, for people that are part of that, you know, disability world, we focus on the disability instead of on all the abilities. Like your friend Carter, look at his mind and look at the way he can lead the game, look at the things that he can do. And, and it, that's a powerful message. And so I think it's fantastic that – that, that you're leading the way and showing people, look at all the things I can do. Quit focusing on the one or two things that I can't do and, and getting caught up on that. So yeah, I, and, you mentioned, go ahead. No, I mean, and, and for me to meet someone like Carter, it, it, it puts, it make, it humbles me because again, I, I look at myself and I'm like, man, I would not want to have grown up like that. And he's got a wife and two wonderful kids and he rides his uh, wheelchair through the town, but sometimes the, it's a bumpy ride. And, and the guy doesn't even have a, a van. Like I wish the town would embrace him and get him a, a specialized van, but he, he, he will drive to the high school on his little motored wheelchair and he'll fall out of it sometimes because the roads are bad. And I'm just picturing this guy with no arms and legs in a ditch, his cell phone nowhere near him, you know, and it's like, so when you think about somebody like that waking up every day, it puts it in perspective saying, man, I got a great life and thank God for the gifts that I've got and the gifts that I can continue to showcase and show people. Yeah, so powerful. So I, we got to get into the sports thing because obviously playing high school sports and then being able to, 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 get into college and, and play college baseball. Um, you know, my, my first argument is, is obviously the pitchers in that strike zone had to be an issue. Like yeah, pinch hitting it. for Daryl strawberry and your strike zone is pretty small. Yeah, no, I'm very lucky. You know, um, some umpires would go above my head, but it was mostly, you know, kind of, kind of here. 
Um, but yeah, you you would get some funny looks and and you know and, and Robert, I mean, you could you could uh, you know uh, analyze this too and, and think about what you would do with it. But to think about and I have to go back to my high school days when I was trying to play and and become a, 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 a everyday player. Can you imagine what you're telling? The coaches, uh, the parents of the kids that I would beat out in wrestling and football and baseball, when they say, "How come my kid isn't starting and he's got legs?" and this kid with no legs is the starting, you know, nose guard or right fielder or winning state championships, and and you as a coach have to go to tell that parent, "Well, guess what? Your kid isn't good enough if a guy without legs could beat them." And they, it's just not good enough for any parents. So the things that I learned about well after I was gone from Wickenburg, and to think about while the coaches still didn't you know, buck to the pressure of, Hey, these parents are all pissed off. They, they, they put me in those situations. I obviously succeeded, but I, I couldn't even imagine that, that conversation with the athlete or, or the parent uh, telling them, yeah, this, your, your kid's just not good enough to have a guy without legs, you know, beat him out. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by perfect publishing, a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect publishing carefully chooses heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Well, and that's that's part of our culture, right? Like everyone gets an award now. Everyone... If you're, if you participate, then you get the trophy too. And, and, and the challenge with that is that that's not how the world works. That's not how you get paid. That's not how, you know, things get done. And, and there are gifts that each of us has that we should use and get rewarded. But if you're trying to do something that you're not gifted in, it's time to make a switch. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, I think that that's a wake up call for, for people listening that, you know, Sometimes you want to be a pro ball player and you're just not cut out for it. And the reality is it's a pretty small number that, that makes it to that level with legs or without, <laughs> obviously without legs, it's a pretty yeah. even minuscule number <laughs> to have I, ever tried out. I don't mean to, I, I never mean this in a, in a uh, uh, disrespectful way, but you know, I am a legless Jackie Robinson because there's been one guy that's ever played college football without legs. There's been one guy that's played minor league, baseball without legs there's one guy to try out for the dallas cowboys without legs and the olympic team and all these things that i've done and i I hope there's more because there's been some amazing stories over the years of like jim abbott the pitcher with one hand that uh, pitched in the major leagues we just had a football player named shakeem griffin uh who was born without a hand that played in the nfl for three or four seasons i mean so there's a lot of us out there we just don't get those opportunities as as much, and so I'm hoping that there is another Dave Stevens out there someday that that comes out and and does these things. You know, I played in a in an era where, you know, I was allowed to play. Maybe that maybe nowadays winning means too much that coaches wouldn't allow a guy like me to go out there. I mean, you know, you see the great stories where they hand off a football to a child with Down syndrome and he runs for a touchdown. My point is I was an athlete and I always wanted to go out there and perform with the best, play side by side with the best and take that mentality to the work world, which I took to ESPN for 20 years. So, uh, you know, like I said, I'm I'm very lucky that that I earned everything that I had and no one gave me um, any of these opportunities. But if if you go back to when I was on a TV show, I don't know if, if I'm dating myself bad, but there was a TV show called that's incredible back in the old days when you had three channels or four channels. (laughs) And I was on that's incredible with Fran Tarkenton, John Davidson, Kathy Lee. And I looked in the camera and I said, there's two things I want to do. I want to play professional baseball and I want to replace Howard Cosell and work in network TV. And I was 15 years old when I said that. Most kids, all they want to do is get a girlfriend and get a car at that age. But uh, I knew where I wanted to go. I had those goals and I achieved them. And the funny part is on That's Incredible, I was on my crutches on my artificial legs. And I say I've lived a Forrest Gimp life because my life is like Forrest Gump, but I'm legless. So I'm standing on my crutches in the green room. I'm 15 years old and this little five-year-old kid is whacking golf balls off my legs. And I'm getting annoyed because this kid's just kind of a little, you know, whatever he was. And the dad turns to him and says, Tiger, stop doing that. 
<laughs> Turns out I was on the same show. That's incredible with a little five-year-old prodigy named Tiger Woods. You can you can Google it. You can look on YouTube. The videos there. So you never know whose path you're going to cross in our life. And and you know we kind of went different directions with with our worlds. But again, he had you know he wanted to be a professional golfer, beat Jack Nicklaus at age five. He said that. I said I wanted to be on TV and and work in television, and I did that. So if you set those goals and achieve them. That's great. If you set those goals and fail, just like to your point, Robert, you figured out, okay, maybe I'm not strong enough to play baseball, but am I strong enough to announce it or become a coach or to become a trainer or to become a doctor that can fix athletes that don't have good arms and legs or whatever? So, I mean, there's, you can always figure out your way, even if you don't get that path, you can always, you know, fall and fail a couple of times and and get to somewhere successful. Yeah. I mean, just the power of a dream. I, we we talk about bringing the dream back into the center of your life and, and focusing on that and building your life around that. But you know, listening to your story, the power of a dream of a child and the difference it makes in the trajectory of that life, I think, is huge. It is, and and you know, I've I've turned that into my parenting philosophy because you know we even haven't we haven't even touched on what it's like to be a disabled parent with kids and trying to raise them normal when everybody's staring at you and, uh, and trying to get into a car and, and seats and things like that. And, you know, I've, I've instilled that into my sons and, and their dreams now are my dreams and I hope they succeed. They, you know, they, my son wants to be GM of the Phillies one day. And because of my connections, I'm now taking my son on the world series stage today for game three of the world series against his Phillies team. So I'm giving these kids these opportunities, um, the same with ability media, the things that we get to do with the students at Quinnipiac, just giving them those opportunities because that's all we need. And then once you give someone that opportunity, it's like you, Robert, no, you need to run with it. You need to take that opportunity then and do something with it. If people believe in you and give you those chances, then just then, then, then go out. Because it's better to try and fail than to sit around wishing for 30 years, oh, I wish I'd have done this. I should have asked that girl out. I should have tried for this job. I should have tried to be in uh, you know, in that play, even though people said, oh, a, a guy, if you go out for a, a play, you know, they would say, oh, well, he, he's gay or something like that. And, and, you know, and it's like, no, it's just people have different interests and, and just go out and try to achieve them because there's no guarantees. We, we don't have a book that says, yes, there is an afterlife or yes, you get to come back. It's like we, we get one go around in this world that I know of right now. So make the most of those opportunities. Well, I, I mean, I, it goes back to focusing on the positive, right? Focusing on what you do have, focusing on what you can do and, and doing something with it. And, and it's too easy nowadays for people to focus on what they don't have, focus on what they, they can't get and, and they get depressed and they have all this. I mean, so much of our culture is living in stress and anxiety for no other reason other than where their mind is and where their focus is. And, and so I appreciate you sharing, you know, focus on, on what you can do and figuring out what you can and, and, and making something of it. So let's, you mentioned connections, obviously you're helping your son with connections. How have connections helped you Dave in, in growing yourself, growing your business? It's great because when, when people see me and they hear my speech or they hear me talk or they see me interact at these baseball camps, that that's just powerful enough. Uh, you know, COVID really hurt my speaking career because uh, you know, it's great to be online and doing these kind of things, but I'm more impactful when my ass comes out on a stage and they suddenly see this guy walking on his arms with no legs and they're going to listen. The kids are going to listen. The adults are going to listen at least for a while. And so if, if I can get that short time where I can make them listen and then accidentally teach them something. So then they take it away and have a tangible thing that next time I won't look at someone, I won't judge that someone, or I'll give them those opportunities, especially in the business world. My connections have, you know, been amazing. When, when I got, um, when the ESPN laid off uh, 500 of us back in uh, September of 2015, you know, everyone said, oh, you've got no legs and you're working, you've got the golden ticket, nobody would ever fire you. Well, I'm here to tell you that uh, 550 of my close friends, we we all had career changes. So I then had to start utilizing those connections that I had built up over my time. And it has turned into uh, an amazing life for me. 
you know, like I said, I can go to a Steelers Eagles game and cover it. I can go to Arizona and cover the Cardinals and I can do all these kind of amazing things because of my friends and connections that I don't burn. I don't call in favors just to, you know, use them to sit around and have a beer or whatever I'm, I'm working or I'm, I'm, giving others those opportunities to be with me, to be my camera person, to be my audio or whatever. And I, I, you know, it's about those who's in your life. Uh, um, It's a matter of utilizing those who's when you need them, because we all have that power of who, um, and and you, you should continue to utilize those because people need you and you need them. And, And when I can return the favors, I do the very same thing. Uh, and, and I, I love it. You know, I, I get, I, because of those connections, I'm now part of runway of dreams, which is fashion and modeling for people with disabilities to get clothes that fit them better. And it's like, you know, I'm on the runway in New York, this fat old legless guy running around hamming it up as a model, but I enjoy those things. And for people to see that I'm not afraid to embarrass myself, then they go, Hey, let's bring in Dave to talk or let's bring in Dave to host. And suddenly you have a guy without legs that is hosting a, a gala. And you have a guy without legs that is hosting a cancer research event. And and again, thinking outside that box. So, you know, hopefully after 30 seconds, people forget that I don't have legs. And they're like, that Dave, he's an entertainer. He's funny. I like him. Or, man, that guy sucked. Never bring him back. <laughs> well, and I appreciate one of your connections was recently on the show, Elena. And and she's part of Runway of Dreams as well. And and I know that you've helped her in her speaking and and, and helped her get, get started um, as, as a, as a young lady who wasn't supposed to even be alive at this point and, and now is starting to do incredible things and share the same message of, of, you know, you can do anything you set your heart to. And, and it doesn't matter how, if you're four foot tall or don't yeah, have or three foot two like me. And, 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 and yeah, again, you know, Noel to, to your point of, of the people, it's like, okay, so then suddenly, you know, uh, I get texts from Lee Steinberg, the super agent, you know, and he's like, how you doing? Come on. And he just invited me to his Super Bowl party in Arizona again. So those connections, I'll be able to network. I can help people. I can meet people, you know, and I would, I've got so many people I could set you guys up with shows for two years. So, uh, (laughs) you know, don't, don't be careful what you wish for my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never know. So, so let's talk about, obviously gratitude has, has been a big part. For, for you and and how has how's gratitude served you and how do you recommend for those that you mentor to, to use gratitude uh you know for me i i am thankful because obviously i am not the norm and if people didn't give me those opportunities i wouldn't be where i am today so i i'm i'm all about paying it forward um, and it's to a fault. My agent hates how much that I do for free, but because most of the things I'm doing, I'm not getting paid for. I'm not, I wasn't paid to come to this Eagles game. I'm not getting paid to come and cover the world series. I do it for the disability channel. Again, trying to showcase that people with disabilities can work in television and, and that same for ability media. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to give back as much as possible because the more you give back, the more you're going to reap. And it's not always about standing there with your hand out going, what can you do for me? It's always my mentality, Robert Noel, what can I do for you? How can I share this podcast so more and more people that that have my brand will see your brand so then we can get more and more people to see, add value to life and what you guys are trying to do. And as far as the entrepreneurship and publishing and all those things that you work with, you know, I'm not that normal guest. But if I pay it forward, those people are going to realize, wow, Robert and Noel, those are good people. If they're tied to Dave, then Dave is a good person. I'm going to go with those guys because I I know Dave. And anybody involved with Dave, they've got to be 100% in giving. Nice. All right. You mentioned the challenges of of raising a family. So let's let's dig a little deeper into raising a family and building your brand and running your business. Yeah, you know, having three boys, uh, 18, 16, and 14, it's been great. (laughs) That is it's crazy. A challenge, you know. Uh, um, I wanted a girl first. I'm so glad I didn't get one because, as I've seen the uh, the fun of raising a girl and all those issues. I mean, we know what boys are like, so I can control that. Um, but I, I've tried to just teach my sons to one, don't judge people, um, but two, to be respectful and to to just you know to just be genuinely good. I, I I am embarrassed when I hear other parents telling their horror stories about their kids, and mine are 
are three beautiful kids. They all play baseball. They're respectful. Uh, my middle one has my personality, so he gets in trouble a lot, uh, you know. But, uh, you know, to, to, to just to have many parts of me out there in the world uh, representing me and, and having interests and doing the same kind of things that I do and, and to be able to, you know, parent by example as well. I'm sure people are always looking at me. How did I do this when I was younger? You know, trying to get the kids into the car seats. And, and when I was on my crushes, crutches, pushing a stroller with two babies in it on artificial legs through a mall, you know, I never wanted my kids ever to not have that normal life. So I had to figure outside the box ways. And yes, it takes me a little longer, but then, you know, my kids, as they were growing up, learned how to climb out of their their bassinet easier, you know, because I couldn't lift them. So they figured out how to climb over. My ex-wife didn't like it too much, but then they figured out how to climb stairs up and down because I couldn't carry them. So it would be, we'd pop one stair at a time on our butts and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go up. Now you follow me. And, and, and again, with that lower basic gravity, it was much safer for them than walking up the stairs and falling down. So, you know, I've applied that parenting technique to, to that philosophy too, that, Again, I'm trying to give them that normal life. Yet wherever we go, we get stared at, you know, and we hear the things of look at that man or wow, that guy has no legs or what's wrong with that guy. We get that all the time. And some are funny, but I always try to embrace them and, and go up to the kids and shake their hands or, or just have a quick conversation with them. So they realize that, you know, people with disabilities are not monsters. We're not freaks. We're not, you know, anything unusual. If we can break down and go, wow, that guy without legs was normal. Are there others like that out there? Are they all the same? You know, we, we, we have to re-educate people. And, and, you know, it's, it's important to teach empathy instead of, of, of sympathy. Mm. And so that's why, you know, when they see me, you know, I know people are staring at me every moment of my life. Like I can't even pick my nose without people, you know, seeing it. So <laughs> I always have to, you know, have that sense of I'm on a, you know, I'm on a football field yesterday and people are looking at me. I'm going to be on the World Series and I'll be the only wheelchair on the field, which is not normal. But for me, it is. It's my normal. And that's the one thing that I hate when we talk about the disabled world, when we label people, you know, this is my normal. Yeah, I don't have legs, but that's my normal. Uh, you know, you don't have hair. That's your normal. I mean, people aren't picking out your faults all the time. People are, are looking at my faults. So this is my normal. Somebody who doesn't have sight, they're blind. That's their normal. Yet we label it something that is, oh, that's horrible. Or, oh, that's, you know what? My life is great. I, I don't wish I had been born with legs. You know, I wouldn't want to be any other way. Um, yeah, it has its up and downs, but the benefits have been amazing. And, and I'm going to continue to try to spread my life and, and, you know, live on my arms as long as these will carry me around. And I'm, you know, don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm hoping that in my lifetime that somebody can invent an industrial strength Roomba that I could just sit on and then somebody could just kind of... Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that way I don't have to, you know, I'll call it a Goomba since I'm gimpy. It'd be a Goomba, you know, I'm right around a Goomba. but uh, you know, it's, it's those kind of things that my body's breaking down. Um, you know, I've had three rotator cuff surgeries on my shoulders. I've torn this one a fourth time. They said they want to fuse it, but I, I I'm not going to, you know, change my life just, just based on a little bit of pain. Um, I'm going to continue to go out and showcase that there are lots of us out there that can have a gift and that can make an impact. And I want to find that next Alina Galan and help her and help those people to go out there and spread the love and spread the world and, and, and realize that, uh, hey, anybody who's a little different can make an impact. Well, I appreciate you mentioned don't judge to your boys and, and teaching them not to judge. And I think um, curiosity is a power tool. And you mentioned asking the questions. And so I, I, I want to encourage people to be willing to ask, right? Walk up to Dave and say, hey, dude, what, what's it like living without legs? Obviously, <laughs> that is your world and, and you know it different than anyone else. And, and being able to ask somebody, and, and there's a lot of fear in that idea, right? And, and walking up and asking somebody about their handicap or, or about their life. And I think curiosity takes away that, that judgment. It gives us the opportunity to, to be saying, Wow, look at look at what he can do, right? Look, look look at what Elena can do. And and there's so much power in curiosity turning off judgment and, and opening the door for a conversation. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because based on 
the age range of things, especially when I speak, you know, you get all the hands up to ask the questions and you get the silly ones. How do you go to the bathroom? And then you get the older ones about like, well, how was it for dating? Did women reject you? And obviously, and, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I don't know what you call it. That's, that's the realism of, of my situation. I mean, when, when boys and girls are in high school, they want the cheerleader or they want the six foot two quarterback. They're not going, Oh, I can't wait to have a guy with no legs be my husband or boyfriend. So it's like, those are the challenges too, but curiosity has also helped in certain aspects of that too. So you just never know. Uh, but it's always best to take that, that, that approach that this is the first time somebody has seen somebody in a situation like I'm in. So, if you take that 30 seconds to make it impactful, they're going to be more positive if it's, a, if it's a positive interaction than if it's just me looking straight down and just, you know, giving them a dirty look for staring at me or something like that. I mean, what, what, what are you going to remember the most? Somebody being nasty and horrible or somebody going, hey, kid, yeah, yeah, I don't have legs. No, this is how I was born and I walk on my arms and this is what I do and it's just, it's okay, you know, and, and, and you try to show them that it, it's okay to be a little different. I think the impact to kids to have that positive interaction at any age, you know, we had um, Nick, I can't say his last name. He came to the school when we were in Columbia and it was just the, just the impact of having that positive interaction um, on, on those kids' lives forever. And again, his story pales in comparison to mine. Yes, I've done blah, 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 but that man wakes up every day with no arms and no legs and still gives the most he can give in his life. And it's so impactful. So that's why I say like, look at me, like hey, all, all now, he's, is- now he's married with kids and yeah, yeah. doing incredible things. And so, yeah, I, I just remember the very first thing he did, he, we were in a small classroom, like the, the, he came to Columbia to speak in a stadium, but he came to our kids' school um, the missionary school our kids were in and it was a classroom with just you know 50 kids but mm-hmm. his first his first thing was to run off the edge run towards the edge of the table and and all the kids jumped up to try to catch him and so yeah it's, that's lovely yeah he's it it it's it's experiences like that that more and more people need and so more i hope people in our audience that are listening will will open up stages and open up opportunities for you to speak for elena to speak and for 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 others just to have opportunities to share their story and, and, and just put it out there that, that disabled doesn't mean abnormal. <laughs> it, it's, it's a normal for you. It, it, and, yeah. you have to, and, and so there's, there's plenty of thing, great things that, that you can do and impact that you can have. And, and all you need is people to believe in you. And there's also fun you can have. I mean, some people might look at what my acceptance was in high school um, you know, the things that I would do. And I, I'm, uh, you know, I tell my kids, you know, do what I say, not what I did. But <laughs> some of the things that I would do, um, I would take my artificial legs and we'd be at a wrestling tournament and we'd put the legs on one side of a bus and me at the other, like I'd been run over and we'd be outside. <laughs> or um, I would bury my waist up uh, with about one inch of snow up to my waist and the wrestling team from the opposing team was coming up and I'm like, you guys can't come in here. It's three foot deep in here. And so they would go around, you know, all, <laughs> all the, you know, things that I've kind of done uh, in poor taste or bad taste that you might, uh, you know, not think of, but again, it, it was part of acceptance. And nowadays people might look at um, all oh, they were picking on Dave or that's bullying or those kind of things. And it's just like, you know, we are oversensitive sometimes in, in our situations. Cause you know, I love, you know, if, if I can't make fun of other people, if I can't make fun of myself and I do like to make fun of other people, I think, but I think you'd be a perfect TikTok video maker. I think, <laughs> Oh, I do. And no one sees it. Like that's the part with social media and the algorithms. If, if you're not doing all this stuff, 24 hours a day, who has time, you know, to do dances and you know, all this stuff, choreography. And it's just like, no, just get just... run over by the bus every day. Be... <laughs> yeah. Do it, do it a different car every day. Like, <laughs> yeah. There'll be a new challenge. Oh, yeah. funny. So what is the big dream? Uh, I'm living the big dream. I mean, the big dream for me would be, uh, uh, you know, right now we're, uh, my life story is in Hollywood being pitched around to studios. And uh, we're allegedly going to know in the next couple of months, which studio may do my life story. Uh, you know, but my big dream is just to 
be successful enough as a speaker to take care of my three sons and that they, they never have to go through uh, how poor I was as a kid. Uh, we didn't really touch on that, but you know, my parents, as much as they love me, uh, he was a World War II vet that was beat up and, and he lost his job in the mid seventies. And, and you don't realize how poor you are until you're in the moment, but we moved, I think we moved 13 times. I went to four or five different schools and I lived in a one-room house uh, the last four years out in Whitman, Arizona, near Wickenburg, in a one-room house where I didn't even really have a bedroom. Uh, it was kind of a partition with a refrigerator blocking where my bed was, and I couldn't have friends over. But, you know, you make the most of that situation. And, and I took my sons back to Arizona a few years ago uh, to see that house. And my son, Brady, said, Dad, why did you live here? And I said, Brady, I couldn't choose where I lived, but I could choose where I wanted to end up. And that's when I decided to turn my disability into my ability and figure out a way that I was going to utilize my gift to get me somewhere. It got me a college scholarship. It got me a TV job. And it led to so many amazing things. So I'm, I'm hoping that now uh, I could speak and get huge. Uh, people don't know who I am. I'm probably the best sports story that no one's ever heard of. Um, but you know what? Uh, I, I get opportunities to appear on a great show like this and tell my story. And, and little by little, word is getting out there of uh, this dude in Connecticut that has no legs that uh, is making a difference. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, Dave, we appreciate you taking the time sharing with our entrepreneurial audience. And we always end the show with what with your words of wisdom. So what would Dave's words of wisdom to encourage entrepreneurs be? Well, no matter how bad things are, or especially if you're starting a business and, and in this times, it's tough uh, with everything that's going on, prices of everything going up, uh, you know, it, it's tough, but it, it's better, as I said, it's better to try and fail than to sit around wishing you hadn't done it. So just go out, give 100% at everything you do, utilize your who's, utilize Robert Noel or, or any of the people that are, are part of, uh, of what you guys do, and, and just go out and, and don't take no for an answer. And if, if you fail, get back up, dust yourself off, and figure out an alternative way to attack it. Because there's always an answer and a solution for almost every single problem out there. And if you don't have it, seek guidance, seek counseling, talk to friends, talk to relatives, talk to a pastor, talk to business managers, talk to people in the business. Everybody can respond via text, jump on LinkedIn, ask those questions, you know, do what you got to do to gather that knowledge because having a successful business is the only way you're going to succeed in life unless uh, you're Bruno Mars. <laughs> so true. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great listening to you. And I just can't wait to see your story more around the world and changes that will be made. I hope. And if people don't believe all this uh, BS that I've been talking, you can go to DaveStevensSpeaks.com. You can Google Dave Stevens on all Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. I do have a lot of funny videos that I do out there uh, besides sports. And again, I'll have the day-to-day -day stuff, uh, the stories and things like that we do. And I, I appreciate you guys having me on this show. Again, it's a, it's a great opportunity to reach a different audience. But again, we all thirst for knowledge and we all thirst to be better people. And with what you guys do, you are are really adding value to not only entrepreneurs but in everybody else's day-to-day -day lives and we'll include all your links in the in our web page as well thank you both thank you dave this episode is brought to you by intentional decisions that lead to massive success no those aren't companies promoting our show they are qualities that you need to build your business and take control of your life so to help you out i'm offering my most popular worksheets to help you plan the future you want and audit your calendar today. The best way to get what you want is to know what it is and start making sure that your calendar matches. You can download them free today at addvaluemindset.com. If you will take action by just completing these two activities, they will change your life and business. I promise you a new level of results in the coming year. The problem is that we make things so complicated and we lose focus on what is really important. These tools will help you refocus on what matters most. When you align your passion with your purpose in your work, you can be happier and start doing the things you wanted to in the first place, like spending more quality time with the kids. To get your free copy of the tools to start tackling your busy schedule, go to addvaluemindset.com. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, leave a review, 
But most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who needs to hear it. Share, share, share. In our next episode, Robert and Simon Severino talk about scaling business. First, you need to fall in love with the problem that you solve. That drives every decision and how you take it to market. Simon shares his blueprints for growing businesses faster and with more excitement.